0: Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Membrane Podcast. Today, we are joined by Rosalind Bill and Alan Goddard, two principal investigators at Aston University and also two of the MEM trained creators. I would like to start by discussing the meaning of a career choice. What does it actually mean? Do we choose our career path? Have you done it with yours? Was it in a straight line? Yeah, I can start. I think uh, the
1: first thing that I would say, I don't know whether you would agree with this, Ellen, is that um, when I write my CV, it gives the impression that I had a career path and a career choice, but that's not true at all. Um, so a lot of what happened to me happened because I took some opportunities when they came my way, rather than me having a plan that I was always going to be a professor of biotechnology, because that was never my plan. Uh, and. I think the the most important thing I've learned is that you need to make sure you have a network of people around you so that opportunities come up and you can make the best out of the opportunities that come your way. And even better if you've got some supportive people around you, they tell you when opportunities come up so you can take those chances.
2: I completely agree. I, I had no career plan whatsoever. I did a PhD largely because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and I got offered a PhD at Warwick I did my undergraduate degree and then after that I still didn't really know what I wanted to do so I went to do a postdoc and after that I felt I committed too far into that to do anything that was a proper job so I did another postdoc and then then I did actually make an active career choice between going out of academia staying in academia and I would love to say I had a grand plan about where I wanted to be a lecturer but I applied to 14 positions and then I took the one that offered me a job rather than the 13 that didn't and then that, then after that, it's probably the only active career choice I've ever made, which was the fact that I was annoyed with the place I was currently working at. And I went and did my normal furious typing into jobs.ac.uk and found that Aston had a job going. And maybe we'll talk about this in a bit around networking, but I knew that Roslyn worked at Aston and I knew she was great and I knew some other people at Aston. So I applied and I got that. And that's probably genuinely the one conscious decision I've ever made about where I was going to work or what I was going to do in my career.
1: Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I mean what you've described Alan about your PhD to postdoc etc that's exactly the same for me. I did a PhD because I didn't want to stop learning about science because I like to learn stuff so I just kept doing it because it was fun um, and then a variety of things came along and um, some of my choices were just down to the fact that um, I got a job and I didn't get a different one you know and it, t- it took me down particular routes uh, but uh, I, I took my job at Aston because it was the first opportunity that came up that was a real job, uh, and the rest, as they say, is uh, is history. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it really is about making opportunities for yourself, and um, having the people around you to to help them become realised.
2: When I when I did my second postdoc, I had a choice to make. Then because so I got offered two, and I decided to stay basically at Oxford where I was because I was lazy and didn't want to move house. And they went back, it was working on the topic that I did my PhD on, so that was a nice connection. But ironically, the one I didn't take was working on ethanol tolerance in yeast, which is now what we researched in one of our big EU grants. So it's all gone round in circles anyway.
1: Yeah. And um, also, well, some of the stuff that I did too, um, I got married when I was uh, just before I started my PhD. So a lot of the choices I made were not only about me, but also about my husband and where he was going to go. Um, And so often opportunities would come up for one of us and then the other one would try and make it work. And uh, and that that just adds to the complexity, but also adds to the fun. So I would never have imagined, for example, that having been to America, which is where somewhere I wanted to go, that my next move was to go to Sweden. Uh, And that happened because my husband got an opportunity in Sweden. So I phoned one of my old friends from my PhD days and said, what's happening in Sweden? Do you know anybody in Sweden? And he said, I've heard of this guy who works at Gothenburg University. He's really good. You ought to phone him, which is what I did. Um, And then, you know, I just got lucky. There was an opportunity there. So that took me to Sweden. It wasn't a plan to go from America to to Sweden to the UK. It it just happened that way. But it was brilliant.
2: I I think that's a common thing in science. It's called the two-body problem, isn't it? That you have you have a partner normally who is stuck somewhere or has different priorities, and you have to make everything work. But it, like Ross says, it's a nice challenge to do that.
1: Yeah. And it's but it's also quite fun because I can you know as I now um, write my CV, I, if I if I want to, I can make it look like this was all planned. But I actually, when I talk to people and students in particular, I make it really clear that it wasn't planned like that. I mean, of course, there's a, a common thread to it, but this idea that I had this grand plan to go to Sweden. And to do work there, would, it, it's it's nothing other than you know opportunism, and uh, and of course when I got there, I had a great time and I met some fantastic people and, and the opportunity worked out really well, uh, but it certainly wasn't part of a grand plan. So in in answer to your original question, Carolina, um, did it happen in a straight line? No, it didn't. Uh, but you know curves are more interesting than straight lines.
0: It doesn't have to happen in a straight line. Yeah, I I have been doing that for a while. When I finished the master, like. I was like, first I want to try different things, and then I will decide if I want to continue to work in science or not. And yeah, I missed a lot. So yeah,
1: yeah. Sometimes by not doing something, you realise you like it. So I, um, when I finished my undergraduate degree, I wasn't sure that I wanted to do a PhD. So I left for a year and I went and worked in a patent agent's office. And almost within about the first two or three months, I thought, this is a mistake. I really want to go back and do a PhD. But it was only once I'd left, I realized that that's what I wanted to do. And it was a really good thing because coming back to do the PhD and knowing that I wanted to do it very much rather than it just being the next step, was really helpful so that when things were difficult, you know, when, when your experiments don't work out or you're thinking, oh, this is really hard work, I could remind myself I'd made an active choice to do it and, and that was always really helpful. And then after my PhD, I was so tired, I thought, oh, I've had enough now, this is, uh, this is enough for me. So I didn't take a postdoc, I went and worked a, as a clinical scientist for a bit and then I realised that actually I really wanted to do a postdoc. So again, I went back in uh, and then that's when I went to America. And it was great so you know again this idea that you have these linear steps is uh is, is not true I've, I've wiggled around
0: Yeah, and don't feel scared if you don't know what you like and if no. you're not sure if you want to continue this career if you want to change it's, it's perfectly fine yeah it's okay. i would totally
1: agree with that i would totally agree with that i once asked one of my uh postdoc advisors when i was in uh, sweden why he became a scientist and he said It was the first job that i got i got a grant and that allowed me to get my job and that's the way it worked out he said if i hadn't got my grant maybe i'd have ended up somewhere else and i'm he's the sort of person who would have made a success of whatever he did but you know so much of what happens to you in your life is about opportunity um and just things working out in a particular
0: way and if you enjoy it we grab the opportunity if you don't we should find or try to find a new one
1: absolutely right
0: yeah absolutely right That's the conclusion of a career choice. Bye. Bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Membrane Podcast. Today, we are going to discuss a little bit more about how to deal with frustration. The frustration that we feel working in science, doing research, which is something very common because we spend a huge amount of our time repeating stuff that is not working and we don't know why. And then we start questioning ourselves. But we, I think that um, this might be a mix of feelings and emotions that can be more general to different areas, To different moments of our lives, so I would say that this is something very common that a big, huge amount of you can relate it with. To talk about this topic, we have a special guest. Today is Nadia Tavash. She is a Portuguese psychologist. She has a post graduation in sports psychology, mental coaching, and in cognitive via- behavioral and in cognitive behavioral, 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 in cognitive behavioral therapy. Guess what? Nadia, she's also a PhD student as we are all the MEM trainees. And she's doing her PhD in sports psychology, psychology in sports psychology. Okay. Hello everyone, welcome to the Membrane Podcast. Today we are going to talk a little bit more about how to deal with the frustration that we feel for... Oh, I'm not gonna Hello everyone, welcome to the Membrane Podcast. Today we are going to talk a little bit about... Today's topic is about how to deal with the frustration. If you work in science, if you do research, you know this feeling because probably as I am, because probably you spent a huge amount of your working time repeating stuff, uh, repeating experiments, uh, um, optimizing experiments, and we don't have, we don't have the the results that you want, and you don't have good results, you don't have results, and in the end we start questioning ourselves, and that's frustrating. Um, probably even if you are not part of this science area, you probably relate to this frustration because I would say that this can be something common in different areas. Hello everyone, welcome to the Membrane Podcast. Today we are going to talk about how to deal with frustration. The frustrations that we feel during our research work as a scientist or as PhD students, as or has a PhD student. <sighs> que merda! Okay. Hello everyone, welcome to the Membrane Podcast. Today we are going to talk a little bit about how to deal with the frustration. And this is a mix of feelings, this frustration corresponds to a mix of to correspond to a mix of film photos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Membrane Podcast. Our guest for this episode is... Uh, No. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Membrane Podcast. Today we are going to talk a little bit about how to deal with the frustration if you work in science, if you do research. You probably know what does it mean because you probably know what it what it means to do repeat to do a bunch of experiments, repeat the same experiment, try to optimize a loads of experiments, and try to optimize your project, and you don't have results the, the experiments are not working, and in the end we start questioning ourselves, and we feel sad, and in the end, that's frustrating. Even if you are not from this area, research work you don't, you are not from a scientific area, you're not part of, and research is not part of your daily life. Probably you can relate with this mix of feelings and emotion because you probably felt this during a certain time of your life. And to talk a little bit more about it, we have a special guests. Nadia Tavares. She is a Portuguese psychologist. She has a post-graduation in sports psychology, mental coaching and in cognitive behavioral therapy. Guess what? She is also a PhD student in sports psychology.